think we need to invest further in the best technology, start producing higher volume work more competitively, so that we can start manufacturing our own goods that we can not only sell to ourselves, but sell them goods around the world. That needs to be our ambition. So welcome to this week's MTD podcast. I'm Paul Jones, the host of today's show. I'm the managing director and founder of MTDCNC.com. Now, the theme of uh, today's uh, podcast is we're going to be talking about probably a subject that we all wish was behind us. Um, It's that dreaded COVID word, but we're going to be talking about the interesting part of it, if there is one, which is, uh, has it made us think out of the box in manufacturing here in the UK? Uh, Joining me on this week's podcast, I have the pleasure of uh, being with Giovanni Albanese, another uh, proud member of the MTD CNC team, and Kazma Miraki, from, uh, well, who's a consultant for CNC Design and Procurement. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to this podcast. Um, Kazra, how are you keeping? Uh, hi, Paul. I'm, I'm very good. Thanks for inviting me over. That's okay. You, uh, you keeping busy these days? Yeah, yeah, actually very busy indeed. During the past three or four months, I've been very busy, yeah. And then, of so course, projects coming through. Yeah. And I know, I know who is busy as well. Geo, you're you're keeping yourself uh, entertained, aren't you? Too busy, too busy. It's uh, it's good good news though. It's a good problem to have. I think that the definite there are definitely big signs of things that are picking up. So there, it's fantastic. There is, and before we get into our topic, it's probably a good. I mean, I haven't been in one of these podcasts for a little while, and I do really, really enjoy them. And um, since the last time I was on one, you know, UK manufacturing has become really, really buoyant. You know the the. Uh, production managers index is on the increase all the time we're seeing lots of new machinery being purchased and and what's really good is that the doors are open again you know we're out to able to get out and get into these factories and see these solutions that are um you know what we what we live and breathe to uh, see really so it's all, all good positive stuff um Kazra, right let's let's get into our subject because throughout today's podcast we're going to touch on the things that um you know what are we now thinking differently since uh, since covid has as you know hopefully now it's it's on its way out but are we thinking differently in manufacturing we're going to be talking about lean manufacturing um, fms systems um, the implementation of robots and cobots hardware and software all of these elements will will feature throughout today's podcast but i suppose just to give us a uh, a quick opinion from both of you really um starting with you kazra do, do you think things are going to change you know how, are we thinking much differently now to what we were 18 months ago well, for sure, because uh, we can actually see the market is uh, heating up again, uh, especially during the past six or seven months. Uh, since the vaccines have been rolling out, especially in the UK, we can see uh, the, the demand is, is getting, getting higher and higher for new uh, production facilities, machinery, and all the things that you touch there. So I think uh, uh, I think the, the market is, is eventually... Uh, coming out of that recession and they're thinking that uh, well then life needs to go on and we need to keep investing and we need to keep producing and we need to keep those spindles turning uh, to make money so eventually uh, I think uh, people have realized that uh, by implementing these new methods to work from home and uh, getting used to this new normality and also uh, the lockdown has been easing out I think uh, it's 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 uh, it's become more um, common now for people to to get used to this kind of working and uh, it 
the, the, the wheels of industry is, is turning again, I think. And with your position, um, probably a good good point for those that don't know of you or haven't um, had the pleasure of hearing what you do as part of your occupation. I mentioned you're obviously a consultant for CNC uh, sort of design and, and procurement, but what does that involve and, and how how have you seen in that role um, and what gives you the, the, the belief that these things are going to change? What do you do, Kazra? Uh, well... I try to help uh, my customers to find uh, the best bespoke solution for their uh, manufacturing uh, production lines. Uh, basically, when my customers, they have an inquiry for a new machinery, um, they have two options. They, they either have uh, a, 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 an engineering department and they will go and uh, find a solution uh, for their uh, parts or to manufacture the parts or they can come to me and uh, what I do is to try to to find the best available machine on the market for their solution because if you go to a dealer or uh, a man- machine manufacturer they would always say yeah we can uh, obviously produce this part without any problems everybody's claiming to be the best in everything but what I do is uh, being an independent and not representing any specific company, I can um, easily uh, suggest the, the best bespoke solution for that individual customers and the individual needs. And I'm sure people listening to this are thinking, so I'm going to ask the question, where do you earn your coin doing this? Well, uh, I've got my business model is quite uh, <clears throat> strange. I suggest my uh, I, I normally tell my customers that my price for, uh, for a specific project is fixed. So I would uh, ask the customer, what is your budget to, to buy the machine? Because I don't get any money from, the, from, uh, from selling that machine. The, the, machine the, the customer would buy the machine directly from the machine producer. Uh, what I do is I'll, I'll be the middleman. So I will be representing my customer to uh, the machine producer. And uh, the customer would just pay me uh, a fixed uh, fee or a fixed price uh, for my consultancy service. Which I suppose is, is a win-win, isn't it? Because the, um, the, the client, the engineer buying the machine, um, by selecting the right model and getting the right technology for them, they're going to you know, either reduce their, their, um, you know, their, their cycle times or they're going to make the parts better and more efficiently so they're going to gain there and you're going to gain because you've been it sounds like a good chain doesn't it Gia yeah absolutely I think it's it sounds a it sounds like a fantastic job and well you're one of a few I don't know I don't know many people here in the UK that are practicing this do you Gia I don't know many consultants that work in the way that Kazra does but I'm sure that there'll be more and more like Kazra in the in the years to come and just going back to your question you know do you think things have changed um you know after covid i think that they have already changed i think that we are now playing uh, we're, we're playing a different game we're not playing the same game as we were playing before covid the, the game has changed and the only certainty in life is change um and we've all had to change in one way or the other in our in our personal lives and in our work lives and i've certainly seen a lot of change in our industry um the adoption of automation is probably the biggest change that i've seen so far or even wasn't if they that haven't happening a, anyway, wasn't that? It's wasn't been accelerated massively. I think that people that maybe before COVID didn't consider automation are certainly considering it now. I've heard stories that, you know, people are going to, to look for machine tools 
And prior to COVID, they'd just buy the machine tool. Now they're actually asking the questions, you know, what automation solutions can I get with that machine tool? So their mindsets have changed. And I think that the only way now to remain competitive competitive following COVID um, and to reshore the work is um, not only to, to buy the best machine tools for that application, um, but to also automate and to be a lot more savvy with the equipment that you've already got on site, you know, to get the most out of that equipment, whether that be through the, the best work holding and, and, and everything that we discuss on the MTD platform. I mean, coming up, we are going to talk about, you know, FMS systems to, to sort of uh, further your points, Gio, about automation, palette changes, cobots and robots. What what I'd like to ask you, Kazra, is about the reliance of competitive manufacturing and how important it is to the UK. Now, you you have inroads to various markets around Europe and around the world, but with Brexit that's obviously happened, or we're still, you know, well, it has happened, but we're now experiencing this new world plus the COVID thing. Where does the UK fit, Kazra, and, and how important is it for us to be more competitive and to think outside the box now? Well, I think uh, especially the government has been uh, trying to boost the manufacturing and bring the manufacturing back to the UK now because you can see all different sorts of schemes that has been going on. I just read uh, a month ago they are investing £90 million in uh, 3D printing and uh, I think a third of it is going to really show it's a grant for them and uh, more than 250 million pounds is being invested in Bristol area in aerospace uh, in 2021. So obviously the government is uh, trying to to push uh, the, the manufacturing practices to invest more and try to bring manufacturing back to the UK and uh, because uh, Eventually, they, they, they realize that uh, sometimes it's not very good to be relying on other uh, markets and other uh, suppliers in different countries. And you need to uh, be able to do some basic manufacturing in-house and um, domestically. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's about, I suppose, um, keeping control in a lot of ways, isn't it? You, you know, you now we are... Uh, an island and, and and a trading island as a, as a independently we do need more control but it also offers us so much more flexibility doesn't it could we become um the manufacturing powerhouse in europe do you think kazra i think yes uh if if the mindset is is right i think there's a very good potential because uh in the U, in the uk it it it, it was uh, it was a manufacturing platform in the past, uh, maybe in the 50s or 60s or 70s. There was loads of manufacturing companies in automotive, in even machine tool manufacturers. But most of them, uh, they're gone from this country. But by uh, the government trying to boost these uh, manufacturing practices, I think uh, there's a very good potential of uh, this country becoming uh, a source for manufacturing again. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much it grows in the in the coming year or so, won't it? Um, because that will be a a real uh, telling sign of of the direction. I think. I, I I can't agree with both of you more here. I think that you know I think that we need to become the masters of our own destiny once and for all. I think that we need to invest in ourselves um, and you know make ourselves more 
uh, competitive and, and but, touch- what, but when I talk about that powerhouse geo where 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 are the industries that we can take control and become that powerhouse in are we talking about the automotive um, sectors are we talking about you know uh, uh, medical technologies that are that are important are we talking about power uh, transmissions are we talking about you know Paul, where are they Paul I think all of them. I don't see no reason whatsoever why we can't be strong in every single sector. We already we're already producing parts for all sectors. We're very strong in aerospace in the UK. We've got so many subcontractors for aerospace in the UK. We've got a lot of automotive sites in the UK. We've got um, machine tool manufacturing sites in the UK. The skill set in the UK is excellent. The parts that we do are, are the best parts in the world, but we've just never been good at very high volume work. And I think that we just need to invest further in the best technology and start also producing higher volume work more competitively so then that we can start manufacturing our own goods at a more competitive price that we can not only sell to ourselves but to sell them goods around the world and I think that needs to be our ambition and that needs to be our goal moving forward yeah no I, I, I'm, I'm in total agreement with that and part of the part of the areas that we're going to be talking about now during this podcast is ones that you have great experience with Kazra and um, this is where we want to lean on your knowledge Gio mentions about um, automation and, and he talks about these uh, areas of that automation now being included in proposals from machinery suppliers because they really know that they they need it what are the solutions and the options that are open to people and let's start with maybe fms systems what are they and how do they work and what are the benefits well uh it's a it's a good point uh paul because uh the need and the, the demand for if if we want to be more competitive uh we need to invest in automation obviously and uh, one of the main, uh, or better, uh, better say, one of the, the most important uh, aspects in manufacturing is to be flexible. And uh, FMS is, is it's short for flexible manufacturing systems, of course. And it, it's a, it's, I would describe it as a business uh, model or a business plan that uh, it, it allows the, the manufacturing to quickly change over their, their production uh, line. Uh, well, obviously, most of us are using CNC machinery, and CNC machinery are uh, extremely flexible because they use uh, a G code, an ISO program, and you can quickly change that program. What do we? Uh, what we need to? Uh, what 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 is holding us back in changing uh, the production so quickly uh, is uh, tooling, work holding, and automation. The automation systems, well, uh, normally, if, if we are talking about robots and uh, zero points and pallet changes and uh, maybe maybe different kinds of sorting systems, they are also very uh, flexible. But um, with the new innovations in, in workholding industry and in tooling industry, uh, those are the two factors that may slow the uh, flexibility of uh, manufacturing uh, uh, process uh, it's, it's it's actually catching up and it's getting much better especially with the new uh, technologies that we can see in work holding industry yeah Kazra um, I, I can give you one example from a visit that I was at yesterday um, and this is a, a company that's been around for a long time a very successful company 
selling into a niche market, Napier turbochargers. Um, there's not many people that can make the component tree that they actually make, um, and they supply to the whole world. So they didn't really need to improve their process because they 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 kind of had a niche market to sell to. However, they've now invested in the latest uh, machine tools, two crop machine tools that are automation prepped for a, for an FMS um, cell. Now, not before they've even implemented the um, the the automation. The actual cycle times and cost per part reductions are absolutely astounding. But the knock-on effects that that also has is um, the longevity of tools, which is a big, you know, consumable cost. The the transfer and the handling costs of components from one machine to another, you're all, you're all of a sudden you're doing less operations. But it's also made them more reactive or, or should I say is that the right word they haven't got told as much stock so now that they've got this FMS in place they are they can make the parts that they need instantaneously on a system like this and um, there's the systems that you mentioned some new technology like one that really impresses me is the tower from Hydrofeed now this tower it utilizes the height of the facility rather than the footprint and the space on the on the ground but not only are you automating the parts now, you're also automating the work holding and the setups. So if you wanted to run different parts overnight, you're not just thinking, I'm going to do high volume work and that's the only thing that I can run 24-7. You can start thinking, well, you can start scheduling your work to run autonomously. And, and it's a game changer. And, and we're now privy to this information, aren't we, Paul? We are. But, and I, I love these points. And I do find myself always talking about you should automate, you should add this <laughs> system, you should. But it's still strikingly obvious within some manufacturing companies that they're not doing enough with the kit that they've got. 100%. Before they <laughs> yeah. even t- think about taking the next journey. I mean, I can recite an example, and I won't say the company name I was in the other day, that that um, doesn't even measure how efficient their current machines are. So they don't look at... Um, because automation is one thing to be competitive, but being efficient is also important to be competitive. If you're not efficient, you can automate as much as you want, but if the... If the you know, if, if there's a bottleneck somewhere or something's happening and you're not able to identify where that is, you, you've got no hope. And I was in a company that has has invested a million pounds in the last um, in the last year in machine tool technologies, which is brilliant. It really is good. Um, but there is one uh, weakness there, which I identified with the, the MD, is that he wants to measure exactly what he's getting out of those machines before he can really assess the success of the investment and before he makes his next move. So his his next his next um, his next investment is in is in in working out the efficiency of what he's got because there's no point in then going bolting a an automation solution onto one of his other machines when he actually finds out that he's only 25% efficient on one one of his other machines. So these are areas that are really overlooked as well and I think will will improve. That's a that's an absolutely fantastic point I think in UK manufacturing and I, I think that it's a point that um, kind of goes back to the, the the title or the the subject of this podcast Paul. I think that 
there was there has been such complacency in our industry for such a long time and people have just made do with what they've got they've been working still in very traditional ways they've not kind of had any kpis in place within their facility to be able to assess their performance and improve it because if you don't know where you are you don't know how to improve it and i and i think that really covid has really called out all these businesses because i think that they now realize we can't remain the same as we were before we need to change if we want to stay competitive and stay alive because I think that and I don't mean to sound negative but I think that there are going to be casualties through COVID and the casualties are going to be the companies like you mentioned that are reluctant to change scared to change and want to continue the way and work the way in which they've worked you know for many years the companies that are embracing automation, embracing technology, embracing Industry 4.0 and have got a good, clear strategy in their head, they've got KPIs in place, are the ones that are going to move forward. And they're the ones that are going to be competitive, not just within the UK, but globally. And they're the ones that are going to take the country forward. And I But think how many of those are there? Not Com- enough at the minute. Not no. enough at the minute, Paul, in yeah. my opinion. Is there more that aren't than are? 100% agree. And and it is a big problem, but it's a problem that we've got to overcome by podcasts such as this. Mm. Because it, again, it, it comes down to breaking down barriers to entry. I think that some people are definitely scared at the minute because of COVID to invest. They may have the money to invest, but they're reluctant because of the uncertain world that we're in at the minute. And you can understand that. But in the same breath, you know, we talk about being the master of your own destiny. If you do not invest you're going to be get, getting left behind. And it's the same, you know, we're a marketing company as well as an engineering company. You've had companies that have just stopped, kind of shut up shop and thinks, you know, we'll close up and then we'll start up again when we come out. But what's happened is there in reality, they've moved backwards and other companies have overtook them. So now they'll come out of COVID and be a lot further behind than they were when we went into COVID. And in the same breath, you've got companies that have been proactive that have, have, have kind of been, you know, took the ball by the horns if you like says right we've got to do something we've got to change we've got to diversify they've done that and they they are they they have moved three or four steps up the chain you know and and one more work and becoming more profitable Uh, kasra lean manufacturing um i know what a lean person is i've got one sitting on this chair at the moment put a stone on paul (laughs) not you (laughs) me Uh, oh, right. Yeah, you're lean now. <laughs> lean manufacturing. Uh, just just walk us through um, in a, in a few words what it is and and what it can do for companies. Well, uh, you you just mentioned uh, companies being more efficient and the efficiency of companies are uh, some companies are very low. Basically, lean manufacturing is all about uh, reducing and cutting waste. So this waste can be on anything, can be the waste of material, waste of uh, excessive production or waste of uh, filling out your, uh, your inventory or excess inventory, I would say. And overproduction, which is uh, you're producing something and then you need to put it in the warehouse and uh, it takes some time for your customers to come and collect them and then... Uh, eventually, uh, lean manufacturing is all about uh, improving your cash flow. So by producing a less amount, but very flexible, it, uh, it helps you to, to be able to quickly change your production to another thing to be able to support multiple customers. 
And how do you go about to, how do companies do this? I mean, I, I this has been this is a word that's been been being bounded around for for decades almost, hasn't it? Even back in the nineties, we were talking about yeah. lean manufacturing. Yeah. In fact, I remember a company I worked at. We um, employed the services of a company to try and work out whether we were lean or not lean and to make us lean. Is that still the way to do it, Kazra? Um, yeah, but a lot has been changed. Uh, well, lean uh, originally was introduced by Toyota in Japan. And, uh, well, it has uh, it has some values uh, that can only be uh, gained when you uh, have a Japanese mindset. And it's not a, uh, it's not a subject that we can uh, quickly... Uh, describe it. I, I even uh, took a multiple week course uh, on lean manufacturing to be able to completely understand it. And uh, but uh, the most important part of lean manufacturing is to try some uh, suppliers for your uh, parts that are very uh, precise on delivery times. So uh, by doing that, then you you would. Uh, order less amount of uh, parts that you need to pr- uh, process daily and then uh, your outcome, your company outcome will also go out of the company on the same day. So you're not uh, uh, investing and putting money on having a big inventory. And another part is uh, Kaizen, which is, all, uh, which is uh, uh, a Japanese word for continuous improvement. So you, you have to continuously looking for uh, some, some parts of the company that are not efficient enough and that are holding you back and cutting uh, or reducing downtimes. So these are the main factors and uh, ideas uh, behind lean manufacturing. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, you can do, you can, you can relay it to any business, can't you? As well, though, not just manufacturing is, uh, you know, making a business lean. Hundred percent, Paul. I think that um, you know, n- nothing in the world is perfect. If it was perfect, it's just not. It's perfect is not a reality. It's impossible to be perfect. There's always room for improvement, and I think that in all aspects of businesses, um, there's room for improvement. I think it, within engineering, how many times we go around to we've we've got the privilege to to go around and see many manufacturing facilities and with that privilege we've got an idea of what works what's efficient what's not efficient and and it kind of can stand out like a sore thumb but when you're cocooned within your own facility and you've been doing something again going back to being doing something for such a long time you you get into that habit you don't know what you don't know Mm. and it's hard to be able to see your own kind of um uh, errors if you like or your, your your own inefficiencies and I think that Hoffman Group UK is one company that really is starting to push this kind of well 5s their push which is very similar to what Kazra is talking about and it's all about kind of trying to just use what you need to use don't use what you don't need to use have all of the equipment at hand be organized but ultimately organization is is one of the key words in all of this lean manufacturing i mean if you were to liken it to your house at home you would have you like your food cupboards you wouldn't have things in there that you hadn't eaten for six months would you and you'd make sure you'd got the ingredients for the right you know you, you can see if you look in your cupboards you open your doors you can actually see that you're not being effective or efficient with your 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 
food sources, isn't it? Uh, is that right? Absolutely, Paul. And I think that one thing that's really... I mean, yours is full of nuts and raisins. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, <Rabbit> Paul. <laughs> uh, but, but I think I, I agree with you 100%. And I think that now some of the technologies, again, kind of trying to bring technology into to play. Years and years ago, some technology wasn't available. Now that we've been we've coming into Industry 4.0, so you've got these vending solutions now that can help and enhance productivity and efficiency and organisation. You know, you can start start monitoring and, and as you mentioned monitoring you know your efficiencies within the company but by having these vending solutions as well not only can you kind of um, get that your employees can have ownership of uh, of what they're using and when they're using it you can also see what you're using the most what why are we using so many end mills for that job is there a problem why do they keep breaking then you can start analyzing the process as well i know you've got something to say on this casual yeah uh well uh, because of what I do between the years 2016 and 2020 before COVID, I had the privilege to travel quite a lot. So I've been to hundreds and hundreds of companies uh, everywhere, almost everywhere in Europe. And by seeing all those manufacturing companies uh, and seeing how uh, people, different people are approaching uh, same problems, uh, Whenever now I walk into a manufacturing plant, quickly I can uh, pinpoint all the, their problems. And I don't have a superpower, but uh, <laughs> that's because I have I've, I've seen loads of different uh, analogies and different companies that they've been doing the same thing, and uh, finding out which one is actually doing it more efficiently. Mm, it's, it's knowledge. Yeah. Do you think we're going we're gonna to have to wrap this one up shortly, Kazra? We're uh, going over our sort of half an hour that we try and aim for. But looking at all of the different sort of uh, techniques we've we've considered, there's ones we, we should come back and talk about again. But things like, I was just thinking tool vend, like, you you know, t- t- vending, tool, uh, vending machines with tooling so you don't buy too many or you have uh, enough and you don't run out and all of these factors, uh, the re- automated reordering of those cobots you know cobots that can be moved around the factory from machine to machine in order to service the requirements of that machine tool at the time um how easy they are to program to give you more flexibility too um i suppose casual we, we, we have covered a lot in this but is there anything else you'd like to add in terms of things that we can adopt in our machine shops and you think things that you think as the subject stated at the start of this that we'll be starting to think out of the box now what is going to happen what are people going to implement over the coming years, and what changes will it make, do you think, to UK manufacturing? Um, I think cobots are going to have a a big uh, impact on on the industry because previously, uh, with the industrial robots, a lot of companies were a bit afraid to uh, buy them because they need uh, a lot of uh, skill for programming them and uh, different... uh, They need uh, some sort of a facility to uh, to start using them, but cobots is just uh, you know you have something like an iPad or iPhone. It's it's a it's a it's a very similar uh, um, OS system that you can use, and we can see there are many uh, companies, even Dusan, uh, that are manufacturing of machines. They are uh, building cobots, or or you have Fanuc, or you have ABB, or you have KUKA. They've got there, and there are loads of companies are, that are producing these cobots with different platforms. That that helps uh, the the end user to easily change and program without having a 
very uh, deep knowledge in programming languages. Now, it's, um, I'm going to go on a different theme, Paul, to, to the automation this time, but in a way, it's still automated. Not, but about, the food, not about the food in your cupboards, <laughs> is it? <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of soon automate that very quickly. But I'm going to go for artificial intelligence. It's something that's kind of, it's already here. Not many people fully understand it, but I can see in the future now that people could potentially run a machine shop digitally in the cloud because what you can do now with machine swap and some of this artificial intelligence, you can actually pull the machine tools from the cloud. The The software will know all of the parameters of that machine tool, all of the strokes, speeds, feeds. If you had a particular component that was going on a multitasking machine and you wanted to switch it to a horizontal for example it can completely just change the program to suit and it can you can just swap it from one machine to another and these kind of virtual kind of machine shops are just around the corner and I, I truly believe that scary fully automated you could be at home on a computer thinking you know what I'm going to put that component on that machine today because I've had this new component come in and it lends itself more to that machine and and everything's going to just be fully automated like that and it's going to be the stable process and the process development of, of where the engineers are going to be required in the future. It's a good, it's a brilliant way to end, Gia. I mean, I always look at those two things that you talk about artificial intelligence as two separate things. I mean, you're artificial and I'm intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Would you and agree, Kazra? And I'm getting fat and you're getting thin. Kazra, <laughs> <laughs> um, brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us today. If anybody is interested in Kazra's um, services, uh, he's got a fantastic reputation, uh, you know, for consulting when it comes to that next CNC machine purchase uh, make sure you get it right that's the most important thing and i think that is probably a strap line that that kazra uses uh, thanks for joining us today kazra and i look forward to uh, joining uh, or doing a podcast and hopefully some videos with you uh, in the near future it was a pleasure thanks for having me thanks kazra and thank you Gio. and that's thanks paul that's it for this week's mtd podcast uh, make sure you can uh, or you use the popular platforms to download our podcasts we're across all platforms spotify iTunes, all of them, isn't it, Gio? You know this better Absolutely, than me. Absolutely, yeah. Make sure you download the uh, podcast app on your smartphones and uh, visit the MTDCNC website. You've got Podbean. You can you can find we get about 5,000 listens per podcast at the moment. It's, it's ridiculous. I think it's gone absolutely crazy, but not just in the UK, around the world. We want to hear your feedback too, so please give us some feedback and let us know what you think about our podcast. We hope that we're educating the engineering industry, we're shedding some light, and we're hopefully kind of um, giving some solutions that people may look to adopt to make them more efficient and till next week the MTD podcast thanks for listening to the MTD podcast if you found value in this episode please subscribe and leave a rating and review find more episodes on mtdcnc.com